Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you guys are staying safe. Let's start there. I know that it is a really, really crazy time in the world right now and I could not go through an episode without addressing it. So I hope you guys are doing what you need to do and what you can do to stay safe and stay indoors, social distancing, wash your hands, all those good things, and really taking the measures that you need to do in order to keep yourself healthy mentally and physically. So with that being said, as you can tell by the title of today's episode, we are talking about Evelyn Boswell. This case has not only been flooding the news lately, but you guys have been requesting it almost like any, like not like any case I've ever seen from you guys before. Evelyn's name has been flooding my DMs and flooding my emails. And I was actually in Nashville about two and a half weeks ago at this point when the search for Evelyn was going on and Evelyn lived in Tennessee. So this was always on the news while I was there and everyone was constantly talking about it. And I do want to say that we are still in the early stages of this case and piecing things together, which was kind of my reservation on uh, bringing this case to you guys, whether I wanted to do it now or in a couple weeks when hopefully hopefully there's more information out there. But I decided to cover it now because I want to see where your guys' head is with all of this information that I'm going to share with you guys today. So with that being said, like I said, we're talking about the tragic death of 15th-month-old Evelyn Ball. Boswell. So let's jump right on into it. So to understand what happened to Evelyn and how we got here, I think it's important to go through the backstory that led us up to where we are now. So Evelyn's mother is a woman named Megan Boswell. She is 18 years old and Megan is the daughter of Angela and Tommy Sr. Boswell. Angela was 24 years old when she had Megan, who was her second child on March 21st, 2001. Megan had a brother named Tommy Jr. So you had Tommy Sr., Tommy Jr., Angela, and Megan. So the family lived in Sullivan County, Tennessee, and Megan and Tommy Jr.'s upbringing was really anything but smooth sailing. There were multiple police reports that showed that there was domestic violence between Angela and Tommy Sr. on both ends. Some reports showed that Angela was the one attacking Tommy Sr. Others stated that Tommy Sr. was the one who started attacking Angela. It was very back and forth, very hectic and chaotic. And Angela actually fired for divorce from Tommy Sr. in September of 2014. And at this point, they had three kids together. So they had two boys and one girl. So they had one more son after Megan was born. And they actually ended up, Angela filed for divorce right when her youngest son, Elijah, just turned about one years old. And after Angela filed for divorce, they ended up getting back together. Um, They got back together and had one more child, Charlotte Boswell, in 2015, but then in the fall of 2018, they separated again for good. So Angela got into a decent amount of trouble with the authorities, as well as Tommy Sr., but Angela in particular would get caught by police for driving with a suspended license, and she would drive with the kids in the backseat of the car with a suspended license, and the kids had no seatbelts, and it was kind of just this continuous thing that kept on happening. 
thing. So she ended up going to jail. And when she did this, Tommy Sr. came into the picture and asked the judge for custody of all three of his kids. Because at this point, Tommy Jr. was over the age of 18. So he was kind of on his own. So the three kids that Tommy Sr. wanted custody over are Megan, as well as Elijah and Charlotte. And Tommy Sr. told the judge that he was in fear for his life when Angela would be released for prison and he was also in fear of his children's lives. He claimed that Angela used drugs in front of the kids and exploited them to people who had criminal backgrounds. And surprisingly, the judge actually granted Tommy Sr. custody of all three of the kids and he moved them back to Muddy Creek, Tennessee. So that leads us right up into Evelyn being born. Evelyn's biological father is a man named Ethan Perry. Ethan was born in 1999 and he joined the military in 2017 before Evelyn was born. And as far as what the relationship between Megan and Ethan was, that's pretty unclear. But what we do know is that Evelyn was born on November 21st, 2018, and Megan had custody of Evelyn. Because in Tennessee, the laws of Tennessee state that if the parents are unmarried, when a child is born, full custody goes to the mother of the child automatically. So because of that and the fact that Ethan was active in the military, he was kind of in and out of the picture a lot. Ethan actually lives in Louisiana due to him being active in the military. And during the time that Evelyn went missing, Ethan was in Louisiana. So he was not in Tennessee during the time of her disappearance. Megan was a young mom. Like I said, she's 18 now and Evelyn was 15 months old when she disappeared. And in September, 2019, Megan actually wrote on her Facebook and she wrote a post that said, quote, I'm not the best mom in the world, but I try so hard for this little beauty. I can't even explain the love I feel for her. I know she loves me too. Lately, my life's been really sucky, but she'll come reach for me and say, mom, and my heart melts and I'm reminded of her unconditional love, end quote. So with that all being said, this all leads us up to February 2020. So this was literally just last month and Megan's father, Tommy Sr., filed a missing persons report for his granddaughter, Evelyn, in February 2020. It was about February 18th that he called the police. February 19th is when the Amber Alert was released. So like I said, Tommy Sr. filed the missing persons report after telling the police that Evelyn hasn't been seen since December 2019. So two whole months, Evelyn has not been seen by anyone. She has been missing and no one has called the police. I almost feel like it's enough said at that point. Like, must I say anymore? Like two months and your 15 month old is missing and no one calls the police, but let's just continue. So Megan actually lived on her father's property. And from what I can tell, it was kind of like a compound and Megan and Evelyn lived on it together along with Megan's two other siblings and Tommy Sr., her father. Tommy Sr. and Tommy Jr. ran a paving company from the compound and there were three Three different homes on the compound. There's a double bay garage, a work shed, and a stable of dump trucks and other heavy equipment. So we're talking about a pretty big piece of property. And by this point, Angela was out of jail and she had a new boyfriend. And this boyfriend's name is William McLeod, but they lived elsewhere in Tennessee. They did not live on the compound that Tommy Sr. lived on. So Tommy Sr. called the police, like I said, February 18th, 2020, and filed a missing persons report February 19th, 2020 
is when the Amber Alert was issued, and the Sullivan County Sheriff said that he has never seen a case like this before in his entirety of working in law enforcement. He actually did a press conference, and he went as far as to say that even though Megan said that she last saw Evelyn on December 26th, that's what she told police, there is a babysitter who said that the last time she saw Evelyn was on December 10th or 11th, and those dates sounded more accurate to the police. The sheriff also came out with a different piece of information saying that they were looking for a gray BMW model 2007 and gave the tags of the car and said that they just wanted to talk to the people who have the car because they believed that they could answer some questions for them. So after a missing persons report was filed, police sat down with Megan to get her story as to what had happened and why she hadn't reported her daughter missing in the last two months. And Megan's stories were all over the place. As we go through it, you will probably get just as frustrated as I did when I was researching it. So let's just start from the beginning. So Megan told the police at first that during the time of Evelyn's disappearance, Evelyn was actually with her babysitter. Megan said that because she knew she was with the babysitter, she figured that she was safe and Megan actually wouldn't give police the name of this babysitter that she was talking about. And does this sound familiar to any of you? Because when I read this, my first thought was Zanny the Nanny from the Casey Anthony case. So that was Megan's first story, is that Evelyn was with the babysitter. The babysitter took Evelyn, and Megan hasn't been able to get in contact with the babysitter and refused to tell the police who the babysitter was. So then Megan's story changed, and she said that Angela, her mother, is actually the one who took Evelyn. Megan said that Angela was the one who took Evelyn and threatened Megan by saying that if she tried to get Evelyn, Evelyn back, something bad would happen to her. Now, my first thought when I heard this is what would the motive be behind Angela taking Evelyn? Like, where? what is the motive in that? Like, where, where does that fall into play? I wasn't really sure. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on that. But that was the second story that Megan had told police. And this story ties in Angela's boyfriend, William McLeod, because both of them have pretty hefty criminal records. William has a hefty criminal record that includes violent crimes. So those were the first stories that Megan told and that police had to go off of. And we will continue to see as we go through this how Megan's stories continue to change. But on February 21st, 2020, the police announced that they were looking for a silver or gray BMW 2007 and they provided the license plate. Like I said, the sheriff announced it at that press conference that they did right after Evelyn's missing persons report and Amber Alert was filed. The police said that the people in the car were connected to Evelyn's case, and not too long after that were Angela and William McLeod arrested in a silver BMW 2007 with the exact same license plates that police had announced when they said that they were looking for the car, and this car was not in Tennessee anymore. It was actually in North Carolina. The story just is so bizarre. So the person who actually owned the car said that they were in contact with Megan because Megan was interested in purchasing the car from them and they were in contact, they were talking about it and before any payment was made and before any like anything was signed, before it was finalized, the car went missing and Angela was found with the car. When William and Angela were pulled over in the car, William had actually told police that the car that they were driving, the silver BMW, was actually a gift to him from Megan. So th <sighs> this whole 
case you guys it drives me insane because nothing makes sense so on February 21st, Megan did her first public interview and she was actually at the Bristol Family Court for an undisclosed reason. And when she exited the court, she did an interview with a reporter who asked her questions about Evelyn's personality and who Evelyn was as a baby, what her favorite things were. And Megan said that, you know, Evelyn was a very happy baby. She loved bath time. Her favorite song is Baby Shark, just things like that. And Megan repeatedly said on this interview that she just wants Evelyn to come home. That's all she wants. She just wants her back. She just wants her home, etc, etc. And she also said in that interview that she knows who took Evelyn. She, she says this in the interview. She says, I know who took Evelyn and I can't talk about it because it's a part of the investigation. But she said that Evelyn was with someone that she trusted and now Megan is worried and wants Evelyn back. She's now worried for Evelyn's safety and wants her to come home. And the reason that she didn't report Evelyn missing sooner is because she didn't want to make the person who has Evelyn upset or mad or worried and act out irrationally against Evelyn. She says this person is now not returning any of her phone calls, ignoring her texts, she can't get in contact with them, and now she's worried for Evelyn's safety and just wants her to come home. That, to me, the fact that Megan says that she knows who has Evelyn and she knows who took Evelyn and she knows all of these things is crazy to me, whether it's the truth or not, you know, whether she knows who has Evelyn or if she was somehow involved or whether it was a stranger, like the fact that she says, no, I know who took my daughter. It was someone I trusted and now they're not returning my texts. They're not returning my phone calls. They're ignoring me. And I didn't want to report her missing because it was someone I trusted, but didn't want them to get mad and act out. That's just crazy to me. There's also another person that we should briefly mention in this, and that is Hunter Woods. Now, Hunter Woods is a man who owns a chicken restaurant, a chicken shack, and Megan and Hunter, that's where Megan and Hunter met. Megan and Hunter briefly dated for a couple weeks in December. It was like an on and off romance. Hunter kind of very much down, seems to downplay it just as, you know, we like casually dated, things like that. And and this was in December. And Hunter said that, you know, he knew that Evelyn existed. Megan told him about Evelyn, but he said that he never met Evelyn. And during the time period that him and Megan were seeing each other, she would say that Evelyn was off with her biological father and staying with him. But we know that that is not the case because Ethan lives in Louisiana and is active in the military. So Evelyn was not with Ethan during the times that Megan had told Hunter that she was. So now we're at February. February 24th, 2020, so just a couple weeks ago, and Megan changes her story again. Megan said that the last time she saw Evelyn was several days before Christmas, which goes against her original timeline, where she said that the last day that she saw Evelyn was December 26th. So now she is saying that the last time she saw her was several days before Christmas, and that Angela, her mother, again is the one who has Evelyn. She says that Angela is a very manipulative person and paints her in a really negative light 
date and she then said that Angela brought Evelyn to somewhere in Virginia. So now that's what police went with and that's the story that they were running with and they figured out that Angela and William had actually gone to a campsite in Virginia and so police suspected that maybe Evelyn was there and so they went and they looked at the campsite and police did a whole search there but they were unable to find any evidence that would show that Evelyn was there or any of her belongings. Megan claimed that the night that Evelyn went missing, Angela was babysitting Evelyn while Megan was at work and that Angela just never gave her back. Megan also told police that the night before Tommy Sr. reported Evelyn missing, Tommy Sr. was on the phone with Angela and told her that he was going to call the police and report Evelyn as a missing person. And when he told her this, apparently Angela freaked out and told him that if he does that, he was going to regret it. And she said that if he does that, she is going to have to leave and never come back. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach. Or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house, and they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the Dark. <laughs> This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. All right, you guys, welcome back. 
Again, Megan defends the fact that she did not report Evelyn missing for two months, and she said that she was doing this to protect Evelyn because Angela was threatening her not to call the police. So I just want to point out, I want to take a second and step back and say, if you are confused, if this case makes no sense to you and you are struggling to find the facts in all of this, the stone cold hardcore facts, I am right there with you. I am just as confused as you are. And in doing my research, again, I feel like I keep saying this, but I just want to point it out to you guys that if you're struggling and you feel like you're missing something in this, it's because the story does not make sense. None of these stories that Megan is telling police make any sense. And hopefully in the next coming weeks, we will have more clear answers as to what the real story is. So just as if things weren't weird enough, Megan actually communicated to a news station via Facebook Messenger. I'm unsure sure if the media station or the news outlet reached out to her or if she reached out to them, but regardless, this was all via Facebook Messenger and Megan told them that the reason she could not take a polygraph test to, you know, prove her innocence is because she was actually pregnant again. And when she did this, the sheriff actually came out and said that she was never even asked to take a polygraph test in general. So for her to come forward and immediately jump to that conclusion, was pretty random and very shocking for the police to see that. On February 26th, just a week after the Amber Alert was filed, Megan was actually arrested for filing false police reports. And when she was arrested, again, it was proven that she was not pregnant at all. So that whole, I'm pregnant, I can't take a lie detector test was another lie from Megan. So I want to talk about March 6th because on March 6th, authorities found remains of Evelyn Boswell in the shed of her grandfather's compound on Tommy Sr.'s compound in the shed. Like I said, there are multiple different like houses and little areas on this compound. Evelyn's remains were found in the shed on Tommy Sr.'s compound and she was wearing a pink tracksuit, pink shoes, and a pink bow, which is the exact same description that police were given as to what the last thing she was wearing was. Evelyn was found surrounded by her diapers and toys and different baby clothes and things like that that were just surrounding her in this shed. So Evelyn's remains were found on her grandfather's property. And mind you, her grandfather was the one who called and reported Evelyn missing. So just sit with that for a second. See where your head lies with that for a second. Like I said, it is a compound. There's three different homes on it. They run a business off of it. Like there's, it's very, very large, but just think about that for a second, because this has been just boggling my mind ever since I read that. So I want to back up a little bit to February 28th when the search was still going on for Evelyn. So police actually searched a mobile home near Boone Lake and the search warrant that police had claimed that police were looking for a pillow and a piece of styrofoam. The warrant also issued any belongings that happened to be Evelyn Boswell's. Now this trailer, this mobile home that they were looking through belonged to Tommy Boswell Jr., which is Megan's older brother. The media actually captured a picture of the authorities removing a bag. It was a yellow-orange bag from underneath the mobile home. Now, they were also seen removing 
what looks to be a pillow from under the house and there are some rumors floating around out there that I just want to bring to light and one rumor says that Angela claimed to a cellmate while she was in prison that Megan had accidentally smothered Evelyn with a pillow and that's why the authorities needed a pillow from the mobile home that's why they removed it there is another question people have and that is whether or not Evelyn's body was placed meaning that she had died somewhere else in a different location and she was just placed in the shed or if she died in the spot that she was found at now i do think it's when you see a pillow in a case like this when authorities are removing a pillow it's i don't know about you guys but my mind does go to smothering and so i'm not sure they haven't released what the exact reason was that they were looking for the pillow or why they took it but that is a big you know rumor question or theory that's been floating around out there so here we are now with you know, Evelyn's remains have been found. They've been identified as hers. And once that happened, everyone from the Boswell family has now stopped talking. And this includes, you know, Angela, William McLeod, Megan, who is still in jail for filing the false police reports. But I do want to say filing false police reports is a misdemeanor. The police are going to have to work on different ways that they can keep her behind bars for a little while longer if they are going with the lead of Megan has more to do with this than she is letting on. Someone who has also stopped talking though that I found very interesting is Tommy Sr., the grandfather who reported Evelyn missing and the grandfather whose Evelyn's remains were found on his property. Um, Tommy Sr. has actually come out and called the media vultures and William McLeod has demanded for the media to get off of his property and refuse to answer any questions. And before this, William had told the police that he had only seen Evelyn twice. He also made comments that Megan knows where the baby is and that she's trying to just pawn this whole thing off onto Angela and make her look like Angela's the only bad guy. Because remember, in different variations in different forms Megan's story has been in one way or another that Angela is the one that took Evelyn and William is saying that that is not completely the case. William's grandmother, William McLeod's grandmother actually came forward and said that William and Angela showed up on her doorstep in North Carolina which is where they were arrested and William was soaking wet apparently. His grandma says that he had blamed it on a pipe bursting in their motel and William asked his grandmother for money. Once she told the police this, they did a thorough investigation in search of a pond that was nearby the grandmother's property because they thought that that could be an explanation as to why William's clothes were soaking wet. But as we know, Evelyn's remains were found on Tommy Sr.'s property and the pond search came up with nothing. So here's the thing. Police haven't come back with a cause of death or really any more details pertaining to when they think that Evelyn died or what her cause of death is. But this is what I know. This is what I keep coming back to. I know that if a mother's child goes missing and this mother, all they want is to find their child safely. If there's no shady business going on, if a mother's main focus is to find her child safely, she is not going to send the police on a wild goose chase telling them so many different stories that she knows are lies just to buy her more time. If she wanted to find Evelyn safely, she would be telling the police a consistent story of what had happened 
And I do understand that there could be a certain level of fear inside of her. I just playing devil's advocate for a second, you know, if she wasn't the one responsible for this, but knows who did, and she's just afraid for her own life or afraid for whatever reason. And, you know, she's 18, so she could be, you know, scared of what could happen to her at this point. Or if at the time she was doing those interviews, she really did believe that Evelyn was still alive and she was afraid to come out and say something because she wanted to protect Evelyn because she didn't want anything bad to happen to her. But regardless of either of those scenarios, Megan does know way more than she is letting on, and she's been lying to authorities along the way. Again, the fact that Evelyn's remains were found on her grandfather's property and her grandfather was the one who reported her missing is really unsettling to me, and it just makes me wonder, now he's not talking, and what is the what has happened? And I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this situation. Again, the whole thing just makes me sick, and it makes me mad, and I don't understand it, and I know there will be more information that comes out as the days continue. I'm recording this podcast on March 15th and you guys will be hearing it on March 18th. And with that being said, you know, in the next couple of days, there could be a lot more information that comes out that is very telling. Hopefully, you know, things kind of piece together for this and justice for Evelyn is served. So let me know what you guys think about this entire case. And it's just awful. Evelyn was 15 months old. No child deserves anything like this. No person deserves this, but especially an innocent child, 15 months old. And if you see pictures of her, she just looks like the sweetest thing. So let's spread the word about this case. Let me know what you think. You can email me your theories at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. We will be going over them next week. You can also DM me your theories as well. And with that being said, you guys, that is all from me today. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Killer Instinct. I hope you guys take a couple days, stay inside, stay safe, social distancing, quarantining the whole thing. So I'll be back in a couple of days. I'll see you next week with a brand new podcast episode. And until then, stay safe and healthy, guys. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.